Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, October 1st, 2017. The first text of the day is Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Our second lesson is from Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 13. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Euodia, and I plead with Sentai to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. We have another phrase, the Lord won't give you more than you can handle. The Lord won't give you more than you can handle. How many of y'all have heard that one? How many of y'all believe that one? Again, if it's true, we just take all that and throw it away. The Lord won't give you more than you can handle. Y'all don't have anything to worry about with Christmas, with Easter, with Pentecost. Because if the Lord won't give you more than you can handle, what are we saying about that one? Same thing we would say about the other one. Same thing we would say about the Lord just needed another angel. We're making no room for God in anything. We're making no room for faith. We're making no room for any of this. A lot of times when we use the phrase, the Lord won't give you more than you can handle, what are we saying? We're saying it's up to you. It's up to you to get through a situation. Now, is that what the Bible teaches us? Is that what we see? A lot of times, it's at times of great stress. I saw my cardiologist this week. And the cardiologist said, I want to give you a stress test. And I said, no need. I'll, fa- I'll, I'll pass. I know I have stress. No need to test for it. You know, no need to bill the insurance company. I've got stress. You know, and he's talking to me about this, that, and the other. And the temptation might be to tell someone, you know what? The Lord won't give you more than you can handle. 
How many of you, how many, you know, what, what are we saying there? Does God call us to live a life? Does God call us to live a life where it's up to us to handle things? Can anybody paint a biblically-based picture of a faith that says the Lord won't give us more than we can handle? After all, let's see, that represents the light of Christ and it represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. We go back to the words of the Proverbs. What was it that Tanya read about the Proverbs? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. First thing we must remember is the wise know the limits of oneself. The wise know the limits of oneself. I think y'all figured out by now that I got this as not a Christian concept. But let's go deeper than that. The wise know their limits. It doesn't matter how hard I try. There's no way I'm going to run a four-minute mile. Now, I might run a four-minute lap, but not a four-minute mile. Not going to happen. As much as I train, as much as I practice, I will never be able to jump high enough on my own to put a handprint on that ceiling. The only thing that would happen if I would try is y'all would have a worker's comp claim because I would be hurt very badly. And even in our faith, though, we better realize our limits. What did God tell the people as they were traveling throughout the Old Testament? He says, I'll be with you. What did Jesus say when he was getting ready to go? And lo, I will be with you always. And I will send an advocate, one to be with you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nowhere does the scripture, nowhere do the scriptures call us. Nowhere do the scriptures call us to lean on our own understanding. Nowhere does the scripture call out to us that we have to handle anything. In fact, uh, if I remember correctly, Jesus said something along the lines of, cast your cares upon me. I think I read that somewhere. The wise know the limits of oneself. And we know that we are not God. And we know there are things that we must rely on God for that we cannot handle on our own. Second thing we learn from these passages we've read this morning is also found in Proverbs. The wise understand that life is focused on God and no other. The wise understand that life is focused on God and no other. And when we throw around a phrase like, the Lord won't give you more than you can handle, 
What we're doing is we're saying we have to look inward. We have to look inward for our own strength. We have to look inward for the way to handle things. We have to look inward for strength. We have to look inward for ability. We have to look inward for everything. And yet we live in a faith where we put a cross on the wall to draw our focus to the cross. The reason why the architecture of the building is laid out this way is when you look up, you can't see anything but symbols of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can walk into any sanctuary in the world and I can tell you the theology of the building committee because the space matters. Space matters. And what we do with that space matters. So as you walk in this morning, you see an altar which reminds us that we are people of sacrifice. People who lay what we have on God's altar to be used by God. Flies in the face of us thinking we own stuff. We don't. We're strictly stewards. If you think you own a dadgum thing, that's another sermon. But then we walk in this morning and we see the sacrament of Holy Communion. And we are reminded that Jesus gives us nourishment for the journey. And then our eyes go up to the cross, the ultimate sign. The ultimate sign that we are indeed not in this alone and we are not called to handle it on our own. And the reason why sanctuaries should be laid out in a way that draws your attention to God is as a physical reminder that we are not to focus on ourselves. If you want to engage in navel-gazing, buy an orange, okay? But do not look at all of life as something inward. But a wise focuses life understands life is focused on God and no other. That's why the, pro, the writer of Proverbs says, in all your ways, submit to Him. In all your ways, submit to God. Don't submit to yourself, don't submit to anyone else, but submit to God. And then we get into Philippians, Paul's words to the church at Philippi. And these are some very dangerous words for those of us who may be inclined to want to figure things out ourselves. If we haven't heard the words of the Proverbs, let's go through. Paul's writing to the church of Philippians, at Philippi. And he's going through a tiny, by the way, good job with the names. You got them just right. But you notice he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Notice, he doesn't say give thanks to God because of every situation. There are some situations in which we find ourselves that are not of God's making. We're not called to give thanks because we're called to give thanks in. We understand that the wise one is the one that takes their concerns to God. Present your request in every situation. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You notice that comma 
gets us in trouble, right, Ms. Cole? When you use a comma, it can get you in trouble, right? Because there's some important ideas that come out there. Because I think sometimes we get laid down. We, we, we understand the idea of taking things to God by prayer and petition, but do we do it with thanksgiving? Or do we do it with an attitude of entitlement? Do we take our things to God at thanksgiving as a way of understanding and a way of looking to God for everything? Do we look at it as in God, you owe me. If I'm going to go to church, if I'm going to pray, if I'm going to give, if I'm going to serve, if I'm going to witness, then you owe me the answer that I want to this prayer. Or do we approach God with the idea, Dear Lord, thank you so much that in the worst situations, I know you are with me. It's a whole different mindset when we approach God with thanksgiving. And that's what the truly wise understand. But yet if God was going to operate in such a way that we would not be given more than we could handle, then why would we need to take anything to God to begin with? Think about that for a minute. If this saying is true and complete, that the Lord won't give you more than you can handle, then why should we take anything to God? Because we got to handle it ourselves. No, I don't think so. Um, no, 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 no. I don't think the Bible, I don't think any reading of Scripture can say the Lord won't give you more than you can handle. And you may be thinking, well, that's just not the way things work, preacher. And then let's go to the last verse of this reading. One of the more famous ones, and it was made even more famous by Evander Holyfield who had it stitched in his robe that he wore out to every fight. He had Philippians 4.13 on his robe. And don't worry, I was not paying $100 to watch him fight. Somebody else was paying it. I was invited over to the house, okay? I did not spend that money. But the thing we remember is that the wise accept that only by God's strength can anything be done. Only by God's strength can anything be done. Hear these words. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Notice, notice very carefully, through Him that gives me strength. That means... Those of us who rely on our checkbooks for authority or for power are sorely mistaken. Those of us who rely on our status around the world to get things done are sadly mistaken. Those of us who think that if I just work harder, I'll have the strength. Those of us who think that we may, whatever it is, Are missing the point. I can do all through Him who gives me strength. The wise accept that only by God's strength can anything be done. So my friends, I want to share with you that the good news is 
twofold in this message. Number one, the idea that the Lord won't give you more than you can handle is an outright fabrication of, and corruption of the Scriptures and of any understanding of God. But the best news of all this evening, or this afternoon, this morning, is this. There's nothing in your life that God doesn't care about. And there is nothing in your life that God does not desire to help you through. The question staring us in the face this morning is what kind of faith are we living? Are we finding strength by our stroke, by our checkbook? Are we finding our strength by our power, our position? Are we finding our strength by whatever measure we want to have? Or are we finding our strength in the Holy Communion? Are we finding our strength in the one who calls us to lay our lives down so that he may, be, that he may use us? Are we finding our strength in the cross? Are we finding our strength in the community of being together? Are we finding our strength in being right? My friends, don't. Don't fall into that trap of thinking you worship a God that calls you to handle anything on your own. You are not alone. You are not alone. That is why we are here. We are here as a church because we are called to live, to love, and to serve together. We are called to strengthen one another. We are called to love one another. We are called to walk with one another. Because, as we remember from Pentecost, the church was formed as the body of Christ. Let us find strength in each other. Let us find strength in our Lord. And let us live in such a way that it's no longer we who live, but it's God who lives within us. For when we, it is no longer we who live, but God who lives within us, then by definition it is God's strength at work and not our own. And this, my friends, is the word that I share with you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Baptist Church of the Ritter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org or join us on Sundays at 8.